Get Up Nation. I hope you're enjoying the Get Up Nation podcast on www.anchor.fm. As a podcast host on over 20 platforms, I really enjoy how easy it is to use Anchor, how Anchor makes everything I need available in one place for free, accessible on your smartphone or desktop computer. Go to www.anchor.fm now. In case you didn't know, Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit each episode. If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. Get Up Nation. My name is Ben Biddick. I am the creator and host of the Get Up Nation podcast, where I serve individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance. I'm the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance with former Major League Baseball player Adam Greenberg. The Get Up Nation podcast is brought to you in partnership with GotYour6Coffee.com, where Navy veteran Eric Hadley is committed to serving first responders, veterans, and their families through a variety of nonprofit organizations. No stranger to adversity, Eric has fused necessity of coffee with his passion for public service. You're already purchasing coffee. Why not empower your coffee with purpose? Why not purchase coffee that not only has your six, but also has the backs of those who don a uniform of service for our communities and great country. Learn more about Eric and his freshly roasted award-winning coffee at GotYourSixCoffee.com. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking for a second time to Dr. Michael Lewis, who has some valuable information to share with us about how to manage the stress and anxiety during times of crisis. At Walter Reed Army Institute of Research, Dr. Lewis created and developed the Essence Program, the nation's first and largest syndrome-based disease outbreak recognition system that supports military health system and is the foundation for the National Biosense Program and surveillance programs at Johns Hopkins, Harvard, all state health departments, and many health departments around the world. His pioneering work started an entirely new field of epidemiology and the International Society for Disease Surveillance. Dr. Lewis, such an honor to again welcome you to the Get Up Nation show. Thanks, Ben. It's uh, good to be with you on, under uh, not so great circumstances this time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'm beyond happy here to, to be able to share your expertise with my audience, especially during this time where we're at a global pandemic. People are being quarantined and uh, are experiencing our world dealing with coronavirus. So you offer us six strategies for managing stress around infectious disease. Will you share a little bit about your experience during the intro and what led us to today? Well, you know, I was trained in preventive medicine, public health at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research and Johns Hopkins. And uh, and following that training, I was assigned to the, the uh, U.S. Army Research Lab in Bangkok, Thailand. Happened to be there when SARS and bird flu hit in you know, 2003, 2004. So, um, been through this once or twice, uh, you know, but this time it looks a lot more serious. Um, but on the other hand, it, how much of it is really just this 24-7 access to information? Um, you know, we had cell phones and TVs, obviously, back in 2003, but we didn't have this supercomputer in our, the palm of our hands, and we didn't have this constant news cycle. 
and so I think it's just freaking everybody out. It's uh, causing a lot of panic, a lot of stress in people's lives. And I think we're just starting to see the stress. I mean, yeah. people are stressed about being uh, told not to go to work and stay home, but um, we're going to see financial stress, emotional stress uh, down the line. Uh, hopefully, a week, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm hoping in a week or two with all these measures that we've got going on that we're going to see the peak of this thing and, and start looking at the down, the backside of it. Uh, and, you know, I'm very optimistically by the, by the beginning of the uh, end of this month, uh, but one or two weeks, that may be too optimistic, but I tell you, it's months from now, we're going to be seeing the, um, small businesses and personal bankruptcies and potentially, you know, mental health issues. And uh, I'm a little bit afraid of where we're going six to nine months from now. I see. I see. I saw a headline here recently talking about after the quarantines, the number of divorces in China increasing and, and largely some of what we understand and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, during large scale disasters, oftentimes people with chronic suicidality or, or mental health challenges sometimes feel a lift in their symptoms because they find purpose in reacting to that. They find community and working together. And then later on, a lot of mental health challenges increase as they deal with, as they, as we struggle to deal with the adversity and trauma of that, of that uh, uh, disaster. Is that accurate? Or do you want to weigh in on that a little bit? Well, I, I think that that's actually probably a pretty reasonable um approach or, or way to consider things is, you know, it, when you have a purpose in life, that's, that's how you pull yourself up and, and uh, keep moving on. Uh, when you lose that purpose, that's one of the issues. I think that's, you know, when we talk about the, the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and uh, uh, returning veterans, I think that's a big part of it is you've got that camaraderie in the trenches, if you will, uh, and then you're back in regular society and you don't seem to have that same urgent sense of purpose. Uh, I think that's probably why we see more, you know, the, the uptick in suicides and veterans. So I, I think it's, um, I, I think you're right. Um, when you're and part, part of that's adrenaline, right? That's stress causes, you know, this release of adrenaline and, you know, you, you, get up for the, you know, get up for the game as you, if you will. And what you're talking about is that let down after the, after the last whistle, um, you know, you can get the analogies there. It's um, yeah, it's going to be a concern. I see. And let's get into that a little bit, how stress affects immune function. Um, so if you could go into a little bit about how that stress affects our immune systems when we're trying to have a robust immune system, uh, will you start to get into helping us understand how we can stay healthy and deal with stress during this time? Well, especially, you know, <laughs> when you need your immune system at its strongest in times like these, of course, that's when the stress is the biggest and uh, biggest issue. And stress absolutely 100% correlates to uh, hitting your immune system. Uh, and, you know, that, that chronic release of cortisol and adrenaline uh, you're gonna, your body starts to wear out and your immune system uh, starts to wear out, making us more susceptible to these things at, right at the exact time when we need our immune systems to be the strongest. So unfortunately, it does make us more susceptible. We, we worry about what's going on. 
we stress out about it and then you know now we're exposed to the virus right at the wrong time and um so you know what can we do how do we how do we handle stress uh we can't control what's going on i mean the virus is out there it's serious it's going to continue to burn through um you know hopefully not not for very long but burn through the population you can't control that but what you can control is how you react to the situation. Uh, and that's, that's some of the strategies. It's basically around how you take personal responsibility for handling stress yourself. I see. And yeah, and uh, that stress, it, it, in my understanding, is it creates an uh, uh, inflammatory response throughout your system. And so, you know, as people are making choices, you know, we've seen on the, on the news, uh, people, you know, storing a lot of food at their, their home and everything like that. And, um, you know, it, it's important to eat those healthy natural foods, right, uh, in, in this time to help as one component of helping deal with that inflammatory process of the stress, right? We need to eat healthy and not just highly processed cans of salty, nasty things that, you're, that, that we may have ripped off the shelf at Walmart. Am I, am I right? Well, right. And, you know, we should be eating a little bit more what nature gives us, not what uh, what's processed and man, you know, if you say man gives us, right, it should be more nature. You know, fruits and vegetables uh, should be our source of carbohydrates, not sugar and candy and desserts and ice cream and uh, sodas. I mean, you know, sodas tend to be um, carbonated beverages and juices tend to be some of the worst offenders of how much sugar we have. Hmm. Uh, and that's, you know, these sugars, they're just throwing fuel on the fire. They uh, make our immune system worse. They, they, there's fuel for, for inflammation. Uh, and this all affects not just our immune systems in our body, but also in our brain. Uh, you know, direct correlation to stress and brain health. So what are some of the, so what can we do to help our immune system? What, yeah, there's dietary supplements. Um, uh, you've mentioned mushroom extracts to CBD, fish oil, vitamins A, D, and E. Um, and then you mentioned selenium. Can you talk about these a little bit? Well, you know, and then I'd throw zinc in there as well. I mean, we know that zinc can help shorten the duration of colds. A lot of these, you know, selenium or, uh, you know, the different vitamins, not so much prevent you from, uh, if you're deficient in these, and a lot of people are deficient in vitamin D as an example, um, but if you're deficient, it may help boost your immune system to keep you from getting this disease. But certainly most of these like zinc and selenium and, and these, can help um, shorten the duration of the of a disease if you get it, and we're talking whether it's the common cold or whether we're talking uh, the coronavirus. So, uh, but you know, can we? The bigger question is: besides eating healthy, are there other things we can do to boost our immune function so that we don't get sick or as sick? And you know, number the big one for me, I think, is um, is really CBD. I think that's uh, been, you know, we've kind of gone through this whole revolution uh, in the last year or so with CBD and particularly hemp, um, but for good reason. It, it can help strengthen our immune system. Not, it's really more about fine tuning the immune system. If you're a little bit deficient in your cannabinoids internally, it can help boost that. Um, 
but the other so the two big ones that i i think it'll help with one is helping fine tune or keep your immune system uh really where it should be and the other one is anxiety i i just i use cbd with almost all my patients now because we have so much anxiety in today's world even before all this started to happen and now you know it's just gone gone crazy so i think um I work with one particular uh, CBD company and I've been, I kind of made up some, took some old World War II posters and co-opted them. You know, the Winston Churchill was famous for, you know, keep calm and carry on. And I, I took one of those posters and keep calm and take CBD. So uh, <laughs> I think a lot can be said for that actually. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, and another thing that's, you know, you mentioned it, the constant news coverage, right? So we're getting not just one or two or three or four channels of information. We're getting information in our, at our fingertips, on the wall, at the doctor's office, uh, you know, in our car, we're hearing, we're, we're just getting all sorts of information all the time. It can be overwhelming. So how can we, how can that both exacerbate troubling things and how how can it be used to our advantage to help us get through well you know i think back when i was in uh southeast asia in 2003 and dealing with sars you know we had cell phones we had tvs of course uh but we didn't have these supercomputers in our hands and you know there wasn't 85 news channels uh, you know so you know half of well I, I don't even want to put a number on it but i'll just kind of say half of what news channels carry these days isn't news there's not enough news for 24 hours a day so it becomes news and then opinion about the news and opinion and opinion and opinion and so um i think that we um we're just bombarded and turn it off I mean, yeah. take a break. Uh, I like to combine the idea of combining a couple of things. Put down your phone and turn off the news, you know, put on some music, but really put down your phone and go outside. Mm -hmm. Combine exercise with nature, get your sunshine and vitamin D and get some fresh air and get away from the news you know if you just take a half hour walk around your neighborhood or in the in the woods or in nature you know you can accomplish a couple of things you're getting exercise you're getting the fresh air the vitamin d the sunshine uh and in some ways i think exercise is very much a form of meditation but you could even throw in you know while you're on your walk hopefully with a loved one you know or a family walk uh, you know, talk about all the things you're grateful for, you know, so there you just combine everything but food, right? <laughs> um, you know, say I got six strategies, um, seven if you throw CBD in there, but um, six, six strategies, and you could do five at one time just by going for a walk with your family and loved ones and doing those things. Nice, nice. And uh, let's see, and with, with, I mean, with the profound uh, technology that we have available to us, we can connect with the people that we love, even if they are far away, even if we're on quarantine. Um, thankfully, our, um, you know, the internet is still operational as far as I know across the country. So we can actually use these to our advantage to reach out and connect um, and check on each other, uh, even though we can't physically, uh, you know, maybe be with everyone that we love. So uh, that that's exciting to me. Any other 
uh, observations you have about making the most of quarantine and, and remaining uh, calm and getting through this? Well, it's a choice, you know, remaining calm and, and handling stress is a choice. And you can, you know, some people just generally are more nervous, uh, but these things are, can be taught, they can be reversed, they can be changed. So you really, you just got to say enough is enough is enough. And I'm going to change. I am going to take a, I think gratitude is probably one of the biggest things that can help change that attitude, you know, that attitude. Um, and so if you really focus on gratitude and some people say, you know, you should keep a gratitude journal right down before you go to bed, all the things you were grateful for that day. Uh, but you know, this could be, you know, one of the things that seems to not be so common anymore is family dinners. Uh, you know, my, you know, growing up, my mother insisted that, you know, we were going to eat dinner at, you know, a particular time as a family and you knew you better be there um and i think that that's an important thing that sometimes is missing you know certainly not i would definitely not recommend sitting in the family room you know back <laughs> kind of back um, maybe date myself you know the old tv dinners right with the fold out <laughs> trays and stuff watching in front of the tv don't do that Go yeah. to your dining room, make, you know, that room that you probably never use anymore, right? Um, turn off the TV, maybe turn on some, some nice, you know, music as a background and have a family dinner so you can talk about these things. I mean, you think we're stressed out as adults. Think about what's that doing to your kids, especially right. if you have younger kids. Right. And so that's, I think, a really important thing is use this as family time, you know, card games and board games and um, whatever you can do, but try to do it as a family. So you're around loved ones and, and you never know, you might actually grow together. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. First, uh, yeah, actually what, a, what a concept, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's so, that's so vital, especially for ch people with young children that, you know, when, when children have adults in their life that, that uh, are there for them, that feed them, that console them when they're hurt, that, are there for them in the morning and, and put tuck them to bed at night. You know, those, how those adults act in their life really has a profound effect upon their emotions, their level of fear, their level of anxiety. And so if with all the frightening things that they may catch, you know, on the news or on the TV to see a mom and dad who, who may be, you know, upset or anxious, it really is important how, that we be strategic and intentional about how we talk about these things with our kids so that we don't frighten them and so that we um, give them that sense of gratitude so that they see our leadership as adults of being able to manage our emotions to make the choice like you're talking about of saying, you know what, I, I, I am not going to be ruled by fear. I'm not going to allow all this negative thinking to get in the way of my gratitude. And then it does. It actually becomes a, a bonding experience where children learn from their parents how to deal with adversity, how to be resilient. Would you agree? I absolutely agree. And, you know, we're role models for our children. Um, hopefully good role models, but, you know, certainly uh, it can be a choice as well. And be aware of how you're acting and more importantly, how you're reacting, because uh, really it's controlling how you react. And, you know, I mentioned this before, we can't control what's going on. Um, I think we're doing the right thing by the social distancing. Uh, I always think 
back, you know, 1918, the great influenza, you know, 50 million people died around the world. And, um, you know, there's a tale of two cities. Philadelphia didn't institute some of these measures until about 10 days after influenza cases were being identified. And, you know, shutting down the theaters and, and events and, and gatherings. And they had a horrible uh, epidemic curve in Philadelphia as far as the number of people that were sick and more importantly, the number of people that died. Whereas St. Louis learned from that. And within a day or so after first identifying um, some of the influenza cases, they clamped down. They, sh you know, they shut down events and gatherings and so on. And, you know, one of these things that's going around now, right, flatten the curve. Well, that's exactly what happened. They had a completely different epidemic curve uh, with not nearly the number of people that got sick or died. And that was really because they, um, they acted quickly with this social distancing, if you will, in today's world. Um, so I, I think that that's really important. Okay. And is, could you speak a little bit to, uh, to give any guidance or insight for medical professionals that are at work that are leaving their families and going to serve all of ours, mm -hmm. um, any guidance or insight or encouragement for, for medical staffs today who are bravely facing this wave that's coming through? Well, you know, one of the problems that uh, medical professionals have is thinking they're invincible and that they, they don't, they don't, <laughs> doctors in particular, doctors are the worst at taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. And you think they would be, you know, while we're sitting here telling people what to do, half the time we're not doing it ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so medical professionals really, you know, we, we need your immune system to be strong, to be healthy. And it's not going to happen by working 24 hours straight. You need to get your sleep. You need good quality sleep. You need to eat and not, you know, not junk food on the run. Yeah. Um, so if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be very good about taking, you're not going to be doing anybody any good when you become sick and then you're no longer able to uh, function as a healthcare provider. That's right. It's a great reminder that uh, we need to take care of ourselves before we can do anything for anybody else. I, I, I really appreciate you coming here today to share this and to share your insights. Um, can you tell us about the book and when it'll be available and um, how people can learn from you how to uh, thrive during this challenge? Well, um, as far as a book on strategies, that's probably one that I need, you know, I, I put it up, you know, so I spent a career in the military and my last, um, a couple of years in the military, I really was focused on traumatic brain injury and brain health. Um, and when I retired, I started a small nonprofit, uh, and the, the website for that is brainhealtheducation.org. It's brainhealtheducation.org. And I put those strategies up there on the, on the front page. You'll see it. Um, you know, you can click on it and um, we've got those different strategies, how we can uh, deal with stress in the time of coronavirus. Um, as far as book, um, you know, I, I did come out with a book, uh, When Brains Collide, uh, about two years ago now. And it really, the, the 
the message hasn't changed. It's really about maintaining brain health or regaining brain health. And it's really focused more on concussions, like sports concussions. But honestly, you know, it's just as applicable even for stress. Um, if you want to get a hold of your stress, you can do it through those different strategies I talk about. Like, first thing you can do is just take a couple of deep breaths. Just take a breath. And that is a good way. And you know, I used to tell my kids when in school, when they got a big test, when the teacher says go, don't just rush into it. I said, take three deep breaths and then turn the test over. You know, that, that 10 seconds isn't going to make the difference. So, um, you can get when brains collide it's available on amazon uh lots of good strategies on on nutritional ways to deal with brain health or the the absence of it and go to brainhealtheducation.org for some of the other strategies more specific towards stress thank you doctor so much for taking time out of your day to help us all be healthier and more resilient really appreciate your time and uh stay safe out there yeah you too